0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Joshi Joshi. Uh, another solo episode this time. Last time we had Justin talking to Pumi of Gatto Move. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, please do. It's a fascinating insight into how you start a wrestling company in a country that has no indie wrestling tradition. Uh, thanks to thank very much to Pumi to for giving us that access. It was fantastic, really interesting lesson. Uh, today you're going to join me. Uh, Justin and I's schedules haven't quite managed to sync up due to the fact that I'm astonishingly busy. Um, so this time it's just myself and we're going to be covering Wrestle Kingdom 2 and the associated dates coming up. Well, firstly, let me just say, I don't know about the rest of you, but I think you can tell a lot about the day I've had from the music on my car radio and the drink in my hand when I get home. If sometimes it's a double-shot latte and I'm listening to Meatloaf and shouting the entire time on the road. Sometimes I'm listening to K-pop and I've got some sort of sugary beverage. My god. Today was a long day. Today was a tough day. Today was a long, tough day of digging holes and breathing exhaust fumes and doing all the sorts of things that I don't like about my job. And I arrived home listening to The Lighthouse Family and drinking a strawberries and cream latte. So, yeah, that's the kind of day I've had. But, curiously, I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood because I get to talk to you about these shows. And I get to talk to you about Eve. Those of you who have been listening for a while, you know this is my favourite promotion. I go to most most of the shows... Not all of the shows. It was the last show I had to skip just on the basis of sanity retention. But, um, yeah, it's like a three-hour trip for me to get to the venue and a three-hour trip back. When I go to these shows, along with my friend Chris, my housemate Chris, I usually get back about three in the morning. But unlike so many other shows, I feel like I come away from them energised. As opposed to drained. I can go to shows here in Bristol that I come away from feeling knackered and exhausted and a little bit underwhelmed, but Eve just doesn't feel like that. And it's not just because there's great talent, uh, but there's a fantastic atmosphere. There's a real identity to the promotion They're in it to make sure you have fun. Everyone, all the performers there, who you get to interact with, they're there to make sure you've had fun. I've always had positive experiences with the promotion, and I think that's a big part of the the revival of my live wrestling attendance habits, which, over the course of my, Jesus, 19 years of being a wrestling fan now, they've been in flux a bit now and then. So, uh, this episode is going to be kind of an unashamed, mild love letter to Eve, but also I've decided I'm just going to try and sell you on these shows, because they sold me on them, and I'd like to think of a man of of taste. Not of wealth, but of taste. So, uh, yeah, let's start off by looking at shows I've been to recently. None of these are Eve. In fact, there's only really one show I've been to recently. Uh, I went to Will Ospreay's Frontline, which uh, they presented his last show in charge before he travels back travels to Japan to stay for good. Apparently, I thought he was moving to Australia. Um, I don't. I think that guy has a lot of restless syndrome to him. Um, it was a good show. I mean, downsides. The advertised Made event happened halfway through the show and was won by an unannounced Charles Samuels. I don't know how you feel about Char Samuels. I, I find it quite funny, but I don't know if I'd make him your world champion or world champion in inverted commas, because obviously not really a world promotion. Um, but what they did offer, it was a couple of really interesting extras. There was a Pro Wrestling Eve offer match. They had a couple of offer matches from different promotions, which I love as an idea, just spreading... Uh, different identities and different styles of wrestling across so people get a chance to see them. Uh, this was Jamie Hayter versus Millie McKenzie. There were some Eve fans in the crowd, definitely, but I think a lot of people haven't yet cottoned on to the fact that Millie McKenzie is evil now. Uh, and she definitely is evil. It's not just because all teenagers turn evil, that's a terrible generalisation, but uh, she's evil and a teenager. Um, thoroughly corrupted by her friend charlie evans so there's that uh but people are still treating her like she's that fight club pro plucky uh up-and-comer the suplex millie the mini brock lesnar so i don't think people people were fully cottoned on to that and they also definitely weren't cottoned on to the fact that jamie hater is now somehow a baby face um if you guys weren't aware of this <laughs> I'll get to how it happened a bit later, but Jamie Hate is now almost the most beloved person in pro wrestling. Eve, how did this happen? She, well, like I say, I'll get to it later. It'll play into some of the matches for Wrestle Kingdom, but uh, she's definitely over with us. Uh, she's, she's definitely still a complicated figure if you look at the image for this episode you'll get to see that she wrote Tom is a fucking dick on an uh, 8x10 that she signed for Chris. So, uh, yeah, she she owned that. She really, really owned that. But regardless, uh, the other treat on that show was uh, Miyu Yamashita versus Giselle Shaw. Now, Miyu, I don't know if she's ever been across to the UK before. This may have been her debut. I don't know what other shows she's going to be doing. Which is probably a good thing, because if I knew, I might want to go to the mall, and wrestling habit, addiction, you know, I have to work at some point to pay for this. Um, But the match with Giselle Shaw, I think I've mentioned Giselle Giselle Shaw before. She's kind of... I've always seen her in, like, multi-person matches, uh, where she tries to stand out by doing high flying moves and she's got like a two out of three success ratio in making them look really cool like spanish flies stuff like that spinning dives off the top post you never really got to see how solid she was as a worker so i think i may have accidentally underrated her somehow She took about 70% of this match, and by nature of the fact that she was working with Miyu Yamashita, it was just a one-on-one match. It was kept very grounded. There was one Spanish fly in the entire match. Most of it was just Giselle Shaw responding angrily to some early nasty kicks by Miyu Yamashita. And then she just decided, if you want to fight on those terms, we'll fight on those terms. And she gave me a pretty damn good kicking in this match. Me who finished the match with her trademark um, finishing sequence. She won people over, I think. Even though Giselle is well, Giselle's Canadian, but she's working in the UK these days, as a lot of people are, just to try and gain profile from her fertile pro wrestling scene. But uh, I think they both came out of it winners, and I came out with more respect for Gis- Giselle Shaw afterwards, definitely. Uh, other highlights of this show included uh, a really interesting Q&A with Will Ospreay, uh, where you know a lot of people have been speculating about his mental state and about uh, how he's handling his current prominence and his rise, and I think I asked one fairly important question about his social media activity, where he he dropped the mic and I immediately apologized but after he had the chance to talk about some of the issues he's had lately his depression and stuff I think the most heartwarming moment was the fact that his mother used the last question to basically tell him how much she loved him how much everyone else supports him how many people's you know how few people get to live their dream doing this type of thing and it was genuinely emotional and uh, it was just a really beautiful moment. Yeah. Uh, I've no idea if that's going to pop up on uh online stuff or, you know, it was just a really interesting talk to get a little bit out of that Will Osprey situation where you just think people speculate a lot, but nobody ever seems to actually ask him the questions. So, uh, yeah, that was fun. What was I talking about here? Pro Wrestling Eve. So, meat and potatoes, or is it to get to the meat of the episode? You've had the the soup, get to the meat of the episode. That that's how that works. As my computer screen shuts down, why, why, it, why would you do this? Just because I'm not using you? There are three shows to contend with on this upcoming docket, and. Uh, All of these are going to be available on EVE's live streaming service. They are really offering you a good deal on this one. Like If you sign up, you're going to get to see all of these. There is their debut in Brighton on the 28th. She brawls in Brighton. There is the... Uh, return to the resistance gallery which has been their standard venue for a long time now on uh, lunchtime around what, around 2 p.m in the afternoon on saturday the 29th that's she's going to start a fight and then there is wrestle queendom across the road from the resistance gallery in york hall york hall of course ho- uh, hosted the first wrestle queendom last year um, it's a notable venue because a lot of RevPro pro stuff happens there a lot of their bigger shows, you know, I've seen Nakamura there, I've seen Liger there. I uh, saw like three quarters of a Liger versus Devitt match. Um, uh, I think the first York Hall day show they ever ran. Yeah, it's it's not it's a good venue. It's a very nice venue. Um, but my favorite show ever there was the original Wrestle Kingdom, where I got to see Charlie Morgan dive off a balcony, and I got to see Viper versus Aja Kong, and all these things and. I think this year is going to be a bit of a different style of event. And I'll get into how. I think this year's show has a bit more of Eve's identity to it, even though it's a co-promotion with Stardom. Because last year you had these things like ladder matches or like cage matches and all these things that they stamped the identity of what a big show should be to what that show was but I don't think those things make up what Eve is this year what they've got is focused heavily on who they're bringing in and rests heavily on the talent that they have and not the gimmicks and I love that I think it's a better show for that even though I loved everything that was available for last time I think this year is going to be a step forward in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, let's break down what's available for this card or for all of these cards so far. So, for shebrils in Brighton, we have Rebel Kinney and Laura Di Matteo versus Jordan Grace and Nina Samuels. Uh, those of you not familiar with any of these people, uh, Rebel Kinney recently made her debut uh, for. Pro Wrestling Eve, uh, Punk Butch lesbian character, uh, quite intimidating. Oh God, she's got that split tongue thing, which, I mean, whatever you want to do, but oh, that's that that stuff's that stuff's designed to ups- uh, uh, unsettle me. Um, Laura D. Mateo, we'll get into a bit more later. Jordan Grace, I'm sure you will know. Uh, if you haven't read her books read them they're just fantastically funny accounts of uh all the creepy dms that she gets which you know it's jordan grace imagine how many creepy dms she gets and uh, nina samuels who you might have seen semi-featured on nxt uk she's had a little bit of focus but she's not quite in that title scene yet but uh she's nina samuels is probably the most hated person in eve it's a nice little sort of um, mishmash of different people into one match. Um, the Laura D. Mateo and Jordan Grace thing really is just building up uh, to their confrontation on the main card. In addition, on she brawls in Brighton, there is Utami Hayashita versus Yu, which I think I I think I mentioned this like. Six months ago was a dream match that might never happen. Just like the two prominent judo practitioners in Joshi going at each other. I can't wait to see what this looks like. Because I mean, Yu is officially listed internationally as a Pro Wrestling Eve talent. Where she goes, she, she represents this company. Uh, be that going to... Uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro again, or to Sendai Girls, she is a representative of Pro Wrestling EVE. And as such, she is allowed on this card to wrestle the incoming Utami Hayashishita, who is currently the EVE International Champion. If you haven't seen that belt, EVE brought it around sort of about eight months ago or so, and when they brought the belt out, I think I thought there was a mistake made, because the belt they ordered seemed to be the size of the big gold belt. Now, if you see Utami Haya Shishita with all her belts, she has to wear this one around her waist. And it's about twice the size of any of her other belts. I think it's the size of all her other belts combined. And given how many belts Utami Hayashishita is wearing nowadays, that's something. So, uh, this is actually her first match in EVE, uh, where she's been effectively the secondary champion of the, of the promotion for, God, it's six months now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she won it back at, um, Stardom's anniversary show back on the 8th of January and she's finally showing up in, uh, EVE at the end of June. Wow. Uh, wow. Her possession of that belt made her the first sure thing on this card. There were four talents going to be appearing on this card. They've slowly rolled them all out, but Hayashita was always going to be on that list. In addition, on She's Gonna Start a Fight, which is the matinee uh, resistance gallery show, we have Kagetsu and Jamie Hater versus Viper and Utami Hayashishita. That is a to tie versus Queen's Quest. Oh, mama! <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's just a really, really fun potential tag match. I mean, none of it leads to any of the matches on the following day. I mean. Uh, the, there's two people who are in two different main events. Oh, actually, no, I'm, not, I'm wrong. I, I apologise, I am wrong. Because Jamie Hayter and Utami Hayashishita are in the same match the next night for that uh, international title. But, uh, I mean, Kagetsu and Viper being in the match is just gravy. That's, that match could main event any Joshi show in the world. That match could main event any show in the UK. That's, that's just awesome. Um, and I'm just going to continue rolling through, nope, those are the last updates that Eve has put up, every time I try to think about doing this show, Eve starts putting up new updates, it's like I'm cursed, so I have to keep going through them and keep staying up to date with the card, and oh my god, it's been quite a trial. So, um, before we break into the card for Queendom itself, Let's just have a quick look at the poster and see which talents are not announced for matches, but are on the card. So, first up, Mercedes Blaze and uh, Ginny both show up on the poster. Not currently enlisted to be involved in a match, but uh, Ginny did show up and form an alliance with uh, Mercedes Blaze after the two of them beat up Aaron Angel a little bit. So, uh, that was on the last show. Uh, They appear to be forming... A Tag team, which given that Eve is finally forming a kind of tag team division, that's a good option. Additionally, filling out the tag ranks are the Woke Queens from Ireland. They are Debbie Keitel and Valkyrie. Those of you familiar with OTT will know who they are. Uh, They've had a couple of well, Valkyrie had a couple of matches recently with Pro Wrestling Eve. Debbie Keitel made her debut on the last show. I just... I kind of love them. Um, <laughs> they just... I mean, this isn't... A, this is not a unique trait in EVE, but they're such bitches. I, they're just... <laughs> insisting that they finish their coffees, and this is before Alexa Bliss did it, and uh, just generally being awesomely self-centred and charismatic. So, uh, yeah, that's... that's There's four people who aren't currently listed in matches. Another person who's not currently listed in a match for the show is you. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised by this. I've no idea what they've got in mind. Maybe there's some sort of, like, five-person battle royal me that they're all going to get involved in. But uh, who knows? I'll find out on the day. There's There's enough announced matches that I'm not really worried. But finally, finally, I can actually get to breaking down the card itself. Now, before I get to the actual card itself, it's worth mentioning that on the same show as... Uh, These other teams became solidified and partially debuted. There was a rather bad injury on the show. Sierra Loxton broke one of her lumbar, broke her spine, and medical treatment, I'm told, on site was swift and of of a high caliber. Uh, Any show that is featuring WWE contracted talent is required to have good medical assistance on site Uh, she went in for surgery she's I'm told it went well I'm told she's in recovery there's not much more detail than that if you go to any number of places go to Sierra Loxton's uh, social media if you go to Eve's social media you'll find uh, places where you can donate towards her while she's in recovery Sierra Loxton I first saw on my first all-women's show in the UK. It was a tournament at Pro Wrestling Chaos in Bristol. I didn't think she was that good at the time, but her appearance in Eve, she really took big steps up. Uh, I especially enjoyed her match against uh, Jordan Grace, where they were breaking out all these bridges and stuff. and like I, I, I liked her offense a lot. I think she, she, she was one of those people who really developed quickly, and uh oh she she was also like an emergency contact for a women's wrestling tournament i went to a pro wrestling kamikaze a couple of months back now so yeah she puts in effort she's genuinely described by a lot of people as being a lovely girl and it's a real shame to see her injured in such a significant fashion uh we wish her the best in her recovery And of course, like I say, if you want to donate something towards that recovery, please seek out her social media or Eve's social media where you'll be able to help her out a little bit. Because um, people are going to get injured, but you hate to see it happen Uh, and it's not inevitable and mistakes will be made. But yeah, it just sucks. What can I say? Uh, Hope you get well soon. Sierra. And with that moderate down note, we're going to launch straight into the card for Wrestle Queendom 2. Way! Boy, am I a salesman. So, to kick this off, uh, I'm going to do a little profiles of everyone involved. Uh, not extensive, but just to give you a little bit of a flavour for the main show. You know, this is. If you're a Joshi fan, this is a major show, I think, because of the talent involved. If you're a women's wrestling fan, this is a major show. This is one of the biggest women's wrestling shows you'll see in the world. I mean, unless you go to like a, a major Corican show, or you go to like uh, something major WrestleMania weekend. This is one of that calibre of show, and it deserves attention for that as for that aspect, and it brings together talent from the U.S., from Ireland, from the U.K. Uh, from Japan. uh, It's really pulling together a lot of people who've made a lot of effort under the EVE umbrella, which I think, again, represents something in terms of giving you value for money uh, and a genuinely positive fan experience. That being said, I'm a huge nerd and I've ordered the £110 meet and greet package where I get to have signed pictures with every single stardom person coming across. Yes, I'm a huge dork. I haven't signed up for a meet and greet like this since Noah at Commentary Skydome where I got to meet Kenta Kabashi and Bison Smith popped me huge by being so disillusioned with how the ramp going down to the ring was a foot higher than the ring. Um, God bless you, Bison. You're a personal favourite of mine for years after that, just by how... Exasperated, you were with the rinky dink setup. It's a- absolutely hilarious. Love that guy. But yes, uh, signed up for the full meet and greet here. I'm well, obviously being a massive Joshi nerd. Uh, I don't get to do this that often, so I thought, why not? And I'm working every single day this month. Every single day. In a city that is not the city I live in. So travelling is a lot, and I deserve this. That's the way of thinking out of it. I deserve this. And hopefully by the end of this show, you'll think you deserve it too. So we're kicking off with Roxy versus Arisa Hoshiki. Uh, Roxy, aka Little Miss Roxy, uh, is from Newcastle in England. Now, contrary to what Michael Cole might tell you, Newcastle is not the same as London. I loved it when... Um, when Pac was debuting in uh, WWE, and they did a show from London, and Michael Cole refers to it as being "oh, this is hometown," it's like no, no, Newcastle is about as far away from London as it's possible to get in the UK. It's like five hours away. It's just south of Scotland. It's like almost six hours away. It's just. I know that the UK is smaller than other places, but have a little bit of awareness. Anyone from Newcastle will tell you London is not Newcastle, if you can understand them. I find the Newcastle accent harder to understand than Scotland. So, take that for what you will. And I have been everywhere. <laughs> anyway, little Miss Roxy from Newcastle. Considered by the fans of Eve to be the unofficial spokesperson for Gregs. What is Greggs, I hear you ask? In an American accent? Gregs is like... It's an extremely popular generic bakery, pie shop, and donut shop, and sandwich shop that's just everywhere nowadays, Um, and it's known for being tremendously good value, Uh, and having good coffee as well. It's one of those places, like, like McDonald's, where you think, that coffee's cheap, but good. Uh, Greg's is based out of Newcastle. That's the I think that's the only reason why Roxy um, is associated with them. But ever since she became associated with them by the Eve crowd, she's come to the ring with a Greggs cup, and it's been used in hilarious skits and storylines. So uh, yeah. The, the weird links that people in this crowd make, when you have like 200 people who are always the ones who are going to these events every time, you're just going to really get some serious layers of fan involvement going on. It's quite weird. Anyway, uh, she debuted back at the she Won Qualifier back at Command Attention last, I think, October. And uh, when she debuted, she nearly broke Jamie Hayter's jaw with a bunch of taped together kendo sticks. That really got her over with the crowd. Uh, They were... (laughs) I mean, I don't think Jamie Hayter was that impressed, genuinely. Because she looked messed up afterwards. I'm not sure she could chew properly for a week. But... uh, Roxy's just got... She's likable. She's hugely likable. And not in sort of like a... Not in a Bailey way, but just in a sort of like this is a person you could go for a drink with. You no, know, that that's a Lance Hoyt kind of way. Hmm. She's just nice and likable, but also in, in, hardcore and puts in a lot of effort. Uh, she's had a lot of good performances. Neve. She's but she's had less than ten shows with the company. Um, she did well against Viper, and a couple of months ago she beat Nicole Matthews. Who was visiting and the most important aspect is she got over with the crowd they really like her and as a result she's got this opportunity to face one of only four stardom talents coming over and she's one of only three people on the eve roster who are actually able to face a stardom talent on these shows because uh, on this show specifically because one of the matches is stardom versus stardom the other one's a three-way Talk a little bit about Arisa Hoshiki. Obviously, you know who she is. She returned to stardom last year after a long hiatus. She's joined STARS uh, under Mayu, uh, becoming the latest in the long line of Mayu's best friends, as all the rest of her former best friends glare on jealously. Um, She's one of the most natural strikers in, in professional wrestling in general. That uh, fake-out kick that she throws is amazing. Uh, They're pushing her hard, because obviously she won the Cinderella tournament, and then she managed to beat Momo Watanabe for the white belt, ending Momo's monster run. This is not going to be a title match, it's just an exhibition match, but it's a really, really cool chance for Roxy to... I think this is her point where she stands up and is counted as one of the faces representing Eve. And I think it's interesting for Orisa as well, because she's just been paired up with a lot of the same people in stardom recently, and for her to step outside the comfort zone and face someone as diverse as Roxy, it's it's going to be an interesting challenge for her as well. I'm not expecting it to be some blow-away, steal-the-show match necessarily, but I do think it's going to be a fun opener. Uh, So, yes, that is the opening match. Uh, Next up, in a match that I feel could be a main event on a lot of EVE shows, is Jordan Grace versus Laura Di Matteo. Uh, Grace showed up back in September uh, and kind of stuck around the UK through till January. She went on an absolute tear, beating tons of people. And eventually beat Tony Storm in Tony Storm's last match for Eve, which is kind of like a handing the torch over thing. And then, just as Laura DiMatteo was started challenging her, she completely disappeared, signed for Impact, and God knows when we were going to get going to be able to get her back. But she's finally agreed to face Laura Mateo after months and months of challenges being thrown out, and. This is a match which I feel is really important, mainly for Laura Di Matteo, because I don't know if Jordan Grace is going to come back again. She's one of those people who you're not quite sure where she's going to be long-term in her career. She's a little bit unpredictable. But Laura Di Matteo is dyed-in-the-wool Green Eve. She is very athletic. She is personality-wise exactly what eve is (laughs) i think that she's um she's very technical which i love she's got some really nasty submissions she's very very popular with the uh the hardcore eve crowd she's much smaller than jordan grace is jordan's obviously uniquely strong in in women's wrestling i mean my god her exercises you see on instagram blow my mind like i'm not gonna be able to do push-up like handstands ever in my entire life ever uh i could do push-ups but not push-up handstands come on but laura d mateo's just got this tricky quick submission style it just works for her. And she's also got some really nice, like, just standard, basic, but effective-looking dropkicks as well. Uh, she's, she like I say, she's very, very popular with the Eve crowd. I think it's partially because of the split-off storyline. She had a lot of work to do with Ginny in Progress. But Eve is where she has, I feel, her best self-identity. In terms of, she's accepted as herself herself independent of Ginny and thats I think that's important for her I fully expect that Laura DiMatteo will get the win here but equally I think it might be a case where she gets like a heroic defeat scenario so she could win or she could lose that's the, mon- that's the kind of insight you're paying for and since you're not paying for this you're getting no insight <laughs> the next match is uh, a death match. Oh, sweet Moses. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, Sue Young only had a couple of matches in Eve so far. She. When Sue Young first came to my attention. It was as a result of her doing the wacky Underworld stuff on Impact. And I was just thinking, this is funny mainly because Impact does not have the budget to do this. But the Resistance Gallery is kind of a a really intense, close quarters feeling. And Young has a real undeniable creepy presence. The way she moves in the ring, she's really figured out... How to unsettle you, like a like a genuinely effective version of Bray Wyatt's uh, Bray Wyatt's spider walk thing, but not dumb. When you think when you take a look at it, she's just she's got this slithering, evil, boneless feel to her that just it just works somehow. Uh, she claimed a big scalp when she came in beating Charlie Morgan. Uh, Who, former Ace of Eve, former Eve champion, arguably still the face of Eve, and then in a a series of skits that continued throughout the program, Sue was booked against Martina. Now Martina is established as being absolutely scared shitless of Sue, which you can't kind of can't blame her. they did skits where Martina was screaming about this being a nightmare. Then the match happened. Martina really did her very best despite being very scared, but Su-young beat her. She enslaved her. She dragged her away. Something question mark happened outside of this. Martina got free and now we have Su-young But not versus session moth martina because much like my favorite angle of all time martina is not ready for that match but she knows the guy and her name is session goth martina now this is not session goth martina who listens to avril lavigne skater boy This is Session Goth Martina coming out to Jimmy Havoc's music, wearing her Awaito tie mask, wearing, like, death metal painted on tattoos, and doing The Undertaker's moveset, and just generally not taking any shit from anyone. Martina. One of the reasons Martina got on so well in Japan was the fact that she's credible. She has a real physicality to her work. She throws that fantastic stiff forearm. She's not just a comedy worker. She has real gears to her range and what she can do. Obviously, she's tremendously charismatic, but she has she's she. It's the thing. She, she's genuinely good at wrestling underneath all of the uh, shenanigans which people don't really expect until they start seeing her doing satellite DDTs and shit. Session Goth Martina versus Su Young is like, I have no idea what to expect from this match. It's probably the most unpredictable match on the entire card. It could be funny, well, and it probably will be funny. It could be scary, it probably will be scary. It's got to be hard hitting. It's a death match, which, um, I mean, that, That encompasses a wide range of potential outcomes. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Martina wisely backed out of doing the uh, Tournament of Death recently. I think realising that perhaps maybe if she's going to try and get work with WWE, uh, slicing herself into ribbons is probably not the best way to do it. So, uh, I don't know what to expect here. I mean... Look, I I saw Charlie Evans take a bump in tax in a match with an inanimate object. So, I've seen crazy shit. Uh, I've no idea what's going to happen here. But, uh, yeah, I, I th- there's going to be some GIFs going off the back of this one. There's going to be some notoriety. So, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. Now, over the past... I don't Know as long as I've been watching Eve, they've been trying trying to introduce tag titles. They say they're going to do it, they never do it. They say they're going to do it, they don't do it. They finally got tag titles. There's finally a tag title match. It's on this card and it features the wrestle friends of Aaron Angel and Jetta versus the Medusa complex of Charlie Evans and Millie McKenzie. Now, if you're not familiar with any of these people, wrestle friends, Aaron Angel and Jetta are. Veterans of the British scene, they've been around for over 15 years or so. I think the first time I saw Jetta, she was on a Ring of Honor card in Liverpool, uh, facing off against Alison Danger and uh, the now head women's trainer of the WWE Performance Centre, Sarah Del Rey. Her tag partner Erin Angel has been, also been around that entire time consistently. She still wears this diva-style outfit as like a homage to all the shit that you know these people had to go through. Um, I like the fact she wears it just because she still she wrestles a little bit of that style. It's just she feels like a throwback, but also the fact she can still have really fun matches. I'm a big fan of Erin Angel. I think a big part of the reason why is the storyline with Jetta, where uh, Jetta basically won the rights to Erin Angel at one point, and they had to form kind of an unwilling tag team slash manager relationship where Jetta just fucked with her for, for ages and ages. But the thing about Jetta is that she's one of the most talented talkers in the business, and as a result she just got hugely over. Um I think around the time that she decided to start doing the whole pri- uh Princess Diana of British wrestling <laughs> that was the point where the crowd just went you're you're too talented to boo you you're too you're too awesome to boo and obviously uh it's come out in a few interviews that she's also far too nice to boo as well uh I don't know if I can ever boo Jetta again although I, I might do it just if she wants me to There's, because they're this veteran tag team that have been through a ton of shit in their careers, uh, if you want highlights of that, listen to Jetta on Morgan Webster's podcast. She will talk about matches where she wasn't allowed to take part or where she had to carry a flag, where she was a manager, where she was a ring girl, all this extra shit that you had to go through when historically in the 2000s, there's just not a place for women on these cards outside of like, 2 minute matches and and just bullshit. Um I love them for putting up with that and I I think a lot of people see the modern scene as their reward for sticking around because they still get to show what they can do but it's they're going to get booked like they're supposed to. They get booked according to their talents now. They've had a tiff going with Charlie Evans and Millie McKenzie, the Medusa complex for a while. Uh, it went back and forth. Uh, Medusa complex. Basically, Millie McKenzie went evil because of the influence of her new friend Charlie Evans, uh, who was uh, just a fantastic heel. And whenever I see her babyface, I respect her talents and like, and I cheer her. But she's so good at being evil. Uh, Minnie McKenzie obviously is a product of, well, not a product of exactly, but she's best known for breaking out in Fight Club Pro, which is Trent Seven's promotion. It's also the promotion that, uh, Mako Satamura is champion of. Uh, Charlie Evans was trained by Madison Eagles. They are a horrible, mean, vindictive, entitled tag team, uh, And when I say they're entitled, I don't just mean the fact that they already have titles, because they are these Sendai Tag Team Champions. These teams tangled up uh, a couple of months ago. Jetta went on one of her sweariest possible rants, and she she abandoned all idea of cutting a real promo, and just basically dropped 15 F-bombs instead, just to demonstrate how frustrated she was. The match was stiff, it was... Excellently worked, it was really fun because the Wrestle Friends won that one. Conventional 50 50 booking says that the Medusa Complex win here. But my god, I'm going to be cheering for the Wrestle Friends, they are they are impossible not to love. I'd have bought a t shirt if they had one in my size last time. Uh, Erin has told me that they are bringing a new batch of Wrestle Friends shirts out for Wrestle Queendom. Thank you very much for adding to the number of things I need to buy that weekend. I'm going my car is gonna be stuffed full of just Joshi and women's wrestling stuff. I'll have t-shirts enough to wear the rest of the year without even washing any. I probably should wash some t-shirts. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to the match. It's gonna be nice to actually have tag team champions in the promotion. This is only the four, the third overall title the promotion's introduced. And I think it's symptomatic of the stability and promise of the promotion moving forward. They've done away with gimmicks like the Equal Fight stuff, the Men vs. Women, which I had no objection to, and were really fun shows. But they admitted themselves these were side projects. Uh, The XWA, which is their other promotion, hasn't run a show in a while. The, The promoters, Dan and Emily, really are concentrating on Eve, and what Eve is growing into. And Adding permanent titles in both uh, the international belt and these tag titles really solidifies what Eve is coming to represent for women's wrestling overall. The standard women's tag team wrestling is as high as it has ever been right now. And the ability to feel these various teams against each other, all the different teams they're putting together, the woke queens... Uh, the Yas Queens, which is Ginny's uh, tag team. It's just. Uh, we need more babyface tag teams in that lot, don't we? Never mind. The Wrestle Friends will manage it. They'll be fine. It's just nice to see that the, um, the promotion is putting this stuff together and adding long term viability, I guess, or just opportunities beyond just a world title. completely changing the tune right now. We're down to our last three matches. When they announced this card, they were talking about the fact that there would be one stardom versus stardom match on the card. And by process of elimination, once we knew who the other two people on the card were, that meant the Kagetsu match was going to be the stardom versus stardom match. Now, I love Kagetsu. I'd be happy with her against anyone. I was thinking in the back of my head, oh god, uh what about Tam Nakano? Tam Nakano would be fantastic to have over here. She's she's bright, she's lovely, she's a, a human mascot. Be awesome to have Tam Nakano. Ooh, no, oh, no, Jungle. Jungle's my favorite worker in the whole promotion. I love watching Jungle work. Having Jungle over would be fantastic, and it would even out because at the moment, all three other all three other stables are represented, and. At the moment, uh, Tokyo Cyber Squad's not represented. Tokyo Cyber Squad? Well, we could always have Hannah. Hannah could come across. Hannah's been here before, just after she broke up with Oedo Tai. Uh, as she told me, I don't like those guys anymore. Rossi indicated that Hannah wasn't likely to come across. I'd be happy with Konami. And through all this, even though when the shows were announced, and it was announced that Stardom was gonna be coming over. The first thing you hear in the background of that show is me shouting Mayu! I did not think we were gonna get Mayu Yatani. I didn't dare let myself dream it. We're getting Mayu Yatani. When I went to Japan, Mayu was still recovering from her disgusting elbow injury. Um she hosted the show, she was entertaining, she was funny, the crowd loved her, but we didn't get to see Mayu wrestle. I finally get to see Mayu Itani wrestle, and it's against Kagetsu. Mayu vs Kagetsu post-G1 last year, as I'm sure you know, is one of my favourite matches in Joshi that year. And what's more, we all know that Kagetsu has a habit of hanging Mayu Itani off high things, and I don't want to guarantee it. If I don't know anything about it, I'm not going to guarantee it. If it doesn't happen, you can't blame me. But this place has a balcony. Your call has a balcony. How do I know this? I'm on the balcony seats. So, yeah, we might get to see Kigetsu hang Mayu Itani off a balcony. Um, I mean, I I won't object if it doesn't happen, but the fevered part of the back of my brain, which won't allow me to suppress my high expectations, is telling me, oh, that's definitely going to happen. Hmm. I can't get my hopes up again, but they're already giving me Mayu. When they first announced this show, I thought we were going to get Charlie Morgan versus Mayu. But I think a lot of booking got switched around for various reasons, and Charlie Morgan's not able to be on this card. So, I'm one of them willing to accept a rematch of one of my favourite Joshi matches of last year. I can't... I mean, what, what more could I possibly ask for? I mean... um on one of my very my very first wrestling show I ever went to, I got to see Samoa Joe versus CM Punk 4 uh, at the commentary Skydome and that was like a, when you get to see one of those legendary matches, it's like you know, the people who are going to go see Okada versus Tanahashi in Dallas, you know, you get to see an iteration of a classic match Kagetsu and Mayu's kind of on that uh, in that wheelhouse for me it's like the highest profile stardom match you can put together it's these two fantastic talents and they're broken down a bit let's be honest but uh yeah i mean certainly any issues that the two of them might have working with any talent they're not familiar with are washed away by the fact that they are super familiar with each other uh so yeah we get to see Kagetsu versus mayu iwatani in the uk it's pretty much a dream scenario and, uh, yeah, I don't, I, 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 I love Gugetsu, but it's fucking Mayu Itani. How can I not cheer for Mayu Itani? And I'll get to meet her as well. <laughs> Stupid fanboy. <laughs> Sorry, I have a really dumb laugh when I'm giddy about shit. Moving on to the last couple of matches, we have the international title, the massive white belt, as I refer to it these days. Um, This belt was introduced uh, back at Command Attention when a lot of the booking for this show was kicked off. Uh, Viper was the very first champion, but for a belt to be international, it needs to be defended internationally, and she lost it to Itomu Hishishita at Stardom's 8th anniversary. At the time... Jamie Hayter had won the uh, She Won, which is Stardom's G1 equivalent, two blocks, uh, three blocks of four. Uh, she defeated uh, Madison Eagles, uh, Millie McKenzie, and Viper in the blocks, and then in a three-way final beat Chris Wolf and Tony Storm to earn the title shot of her choice, and she chose the international title. It looked like we were on for Utami versus Jamie Hater, which is Queen's Quest versus A Way to Tie, fits the stardom theme perfectly, but there's a problem. Nina Samuels is the only person in Eve more hated than Jamie Hater. Uh, she won the title from the phenomenally popular Charlie Morgan. She tried to cripple Emmy Sakura until the ref stopped the match, and then she finally lost that belt to Kaylee Ray at Chris Wolfe's retirement show. She is quite an entitled character, and she felt she deserved a high-profile match at the biggest show of the year. As a result, she did a little bit of playing with Jamie Hayter's ego at She Persisted back in May, and offered the challenge that they would have a match that night, and if uh, Nina won, they would make that title match at WrestleQueendom a three way. This is a huge turning point for Hater. As I was discussing earlier, this is the reason why she became a huge babyface. Because suddenly, Jamie Hater goes from the second least popular person in the company to, because she's facing the least popular person in the company, a massive default babyface. And it works out perfectly because she immediately brought out her shirt. She immediately started hanging out with fans after the show. She started signing eight by tens and calling me a fucking dick via the medium of eight by tens. And all of a sudden, Eve has this massive new baby face, um, which is kind of awesome. I'm a huge fan of Jamie Hater. Even when she was evil, it was kind of it was that kind of evil where you just want to whisper. You know, you say boo, and then under your breath, you say, You're so talented, you're so good at this. Boo, you're really, really funny. Boo, that neat of the face was awesome. Boo. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I first saw Jamie Hayter back at that uh, tournament in Bristol as well. And she was one of those people, along with Jetta, who really stood out to me that weekend. God, I wish I could go back and see that show again. I might have to go back and see if I can find a copy of that show again, the Pro Wrestling Chaos Women's Champions Tournament, because there's so many people in that who, in retrospect, have become my favourites again. Um, Unfortunately, the outcome of the match was that Nina Samuels won, and now it's a three way. Now, to step outside of all this a little bit, there's some booking stuff going on here there's two factors. Firstly, Eve have already shelved this international title for six months, allowing Utami Hayashishita to have it. So, they might... Pro- they, I think they kind of want it back, and they kind of want someone to get a big win. But I don't know if Utami Hayashishita is allowed to lose, hence maybe why it's a three-way. There's another aspect, where Jamie Hayter is off to Japan for a while in july so even if she wins this belt she's not going to be around in eve either so maybe eve wants nina samuels to have it to give her a little bit of a i don't know a push a bit of attention but then maybe this belt's designed to be representing eve out in the wider world if uh, if a jamie hater is out in is out in stardom defending this belt for a long time All of a sudden, EVE starts to get word of mouth. EVE is a very particular style of show. You can't see anything quite like it anywhere else right now. So maybe it starts to get traction in Japan. I mean, although obviously Japan has very limited access in terms of or limited commitment to streaming services. So who knows? But um, maybe that's the plan. Maybe they want to put put the belt out in japan for another for a while and see how jamie does representing the company who knows but uh yeah from a purest point of view i really wanted this singles match i get why nina was added i like nina samuels a lot as a hateable presence uh she's a very good promo she's a good worker not an incredible worker but in her matches, she occasionally just busts out stuff where you just remember, "Oh shit!" She's actually hugely coordinated and a former dancer, and also apparently part Spider Monkey, part Spider Man. So, Spider Monkey Man, sure. Uh, yeah, I. <sighs> I'm looking forward to the match. I may be looking forward to Utami versus you more. But just because that's like a crazy little dream match they're throwing away on not throwing away, but throwing in on one of the Brighton, show, on the Brighton show. But this is still a very worthy secondary main event. It kind of means maybe that Jamie Hater's momentum she got from the she won peters out a little bit, but a lot of the real world has interfered with how this show is booked. But I don't think it's made the show worse. I think it's in many ways, taken away a lot, but added a lot. And I think this match is an example of that. It's just, it's not necessarily what they would have booked in a perfect world, but the result is still good. And there's no better example of that than the main event of the show. Now, there's two people that this match is about. Those two people are Emi Sakura and Charlie Morgan. Now, neither of these people are going to be able to wrestle on this show. Emi Sakura was able to be here last month, and she's able to be here next month. But you know what? Emi Sakura's pretty fucking busy. Amy Sakura's got a company to run in Thailand and Japan, and Amy Sakura can't be around all the time. And that means Amy Sakura has to miss Queendom. I'm sad about that. I love Emi Sakura. I haven't had a chance to see her in person since she got the awesome Freddie Mercury gear, um, which she used for the um, All Elite show. Uh, I just, that was so awesome. Emmy's been running the Queen gimmick for a while now, but yeah, that gear is the absolute tits. It's awesome. Uh, the other aspect of this is the fact that Emmy had a rivalry with Kaylee Ray. And who else had a rivalry with Kaylee Ray is Charlie Morgan. Now, Kaylee Ray won the title, and immediately the people she's being set up against is firstly charlie morgan now charlie morgan says that kaylee considers her to be a cheap knockoff of her which is pretty uncharitable (laughs) i mean kaylee's probably the best women's wrestler in the country but charlie morgan's no fucking slouch let me tell you and she she definitely has the crowd on her side in a lot of this, although Kaylee Ray is also phenomenally popular, um, Charlie was going to try and set her road to Wrestle by doing something that Kaylee Ray couldn't and beating Emmy Sakura. Kaylee Ray and Emmy had a fantastic match against each other last year. It's the best women's match I've seen in on the UK soil in person. It was awesome. To behold. And the fact that Charlie was going to try and defeat Amy Sakura would really set up a Charlie Morgan vs. Kaylee Ray main event, which was about as big as Eve's going to get. Um, unfortunately, Charlie Morgan is not going to get to have a repeat of her belt win from last year's show because she fractured her ankle whilst working with WrestleMania Weekend, working for Shimmer. And that pretty much puts her out of wrestling for a while. I'm gutted for her, honestly, because I associate Wrestle Kingdom so much with her, and I just—I know she's going to be there, probably. Well, ninety-nine percent, ninety-nine point nine percent. There's n- almost no chance she's going to miss it. But it's just—it's just gutting for her to have to miss out on this show, which is. It's like when Rob Van Dam had to miss out on the first one night stand, you know it's, it's, this is kind of her show, in a lot of ways um but Eve recovers and they say right, well, make chicken salad out of chicken shit we're just gonna book Emi Sakura, we're gonna have Emi Sakura versus Kaylee Ray and everyone thinks, fucking great that's, that's a rematch of the best match that Eve has had uh, in the time I've been watching, at least. Uh, Amy Sakura is one of the most underrated geniuses of wrestling. She's so good at nearly everything. Unfortunately, as I said, Amy Sakura is turns out not to be available for the weekend. So what can we do? Who is there on this promotions list who can take a big spot on the card... Who is world champion worthy, who has an, can potentially have some kind of issue with Kaylee Ray? Who could it possibly be? Oh, look! Who's standing in the ring with Kaylee Ray as Kaylee Ray lays out the challenge? Her best friend, Viper. These two are genuinely best friends. They love each other to bits. They're an awesome tag team as the Disney give a fuck princesses which works well if you understand a scottish accent. And that means that we're going to get to see Kaylee Ray versus Viper. Now, the problem with that also is the fact that they had their farewell show for the Resistance Gallery a couple of month like about a month ago. They're not going to be in Eve going forward, I don't think after this show unless I've missed something tremendously obvious. And that means that I don't know what's going to happen with this title belt after this match. It's not like anyone has a a cash-in or uh, some kind of gimmick, or I don't think they're going to necessarily ruin the moment by having another match after the main event. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm pretty sure neither of these women could be world champion going forward after this show. So that's like a big... Unknown factor, but the thing is, unlike when you have like a Brock Lesnar or and a, a Goldberg type situation where you know both people are leaving and everyone hates them for it, nobody in the world, nobody in that arena, the, the thousand people who are going to be there is going to be booing either of these women because they know that they absolutely live and breathe doing this for this doing the best thing they possibly can everyone wants to see them succeed in the business they know that they have the ability and the stature and the minds for it it's it's going to be a huge emotional celebration of two of the best wrestlers Scotland's ever seen two of the best wrestlers the UK's ever seen um two best friends Getting to have this peak moment of the career of their careers with each other, I don't know what I don't know what could be better. <laughs> and I guess that's what I'm going to say about Wrestle Kingdom Two. I don't know what they could do for this show that we'd better be better than what they've done. They, I guess, they could have Mako Makoto back, or they could have all kinds of other talent back, but. The choice in a lot of these cases is going to be between having a stardom show or a Sendai show or a Tokyo Joshi Pro show. A lot of these promotions don't necessarily work together in that way. And also, it's not like you can just import an entire country's worth of talent onto these shows to stuff them full. This is a fantastic cross-representation Of the very best the UK has to offer. The best the US has to offer. And the best that Japan has to offer. All in one space together. It's a fantastically unique show. It's going to have a really passionate crowd. Uh, I'm going to be up on the balcony. Just losing my mind slightly. Uh, (laughs) Just being a big dumb mark. And I... It's three straight days for me of this, after almost a solid month of working extremely hard, I'm just gonna let it I'm just gonna enjoy everything, everything I possibly can out of this. It's gonna be awesome. This is like my mid year wrestling festival uh I gotta spend a superb amount of money on merchandise and towels and photos. And hotels and petrol and all these things that help make me happy, which uh, is pretty much what Eve does, makes me happy. And I think if you give it a chance, you'll probably be pretty happy with the shows as well. So uh, like I say, it's all on Eve On Demand. If you can't make it to the shows themselves, just sign up for the month and give them a look give some of the other Eve shows a look. They're really fun. They're quite out there, as I've mentioned before. If you've listened to the shows before, there's like... There's burlesque acts. When Eve ran their stuff, ran their stream opposite the Blood Money WWE show, uh, they had a Facebook stream running of all the important matches leading up into this Wrestle Queendom show, but they decided to include one of the burlesque acts, and uh, the stream kind of got cut off because... I guess Facebook has limits on what you can show, and mostly naked women is not one of those things. But Eve's not afraid of mostly naked women. No, they are not. (laughs) Um, But they're also not afraid of great talent, and great wrestling, and forging international relationships. And they're definitely not afraid of giving you emotions. The Chris Wolf show was probably one of the most unique shows I've ever seen in my life. One of the most emotional shows I've ever seen in my life. The Charlie Morgan title win at WrestleQueendom 1 against Sammy Jane, who we all hope to see again soon. Uh, she's back wrestling now. So hopefully we get to see her that back down here south again. Because, God, she was such a great champion in hindsight. Um... Yeah, we get to. They just give us these immense moments. Like I say, Charlie Morgan's win was probably my most zero to a hundred emotional moment watching live wrestling. You know, I didn't know her well before that show, and I came away a huge fan because of what she was willing to put on the line. And how much she faced up to, how much her and Sammy faced up to the challenge of having to surpass people who are legends like Mako and Aja. They just, they lived up to that challenge. They were the worthy main event and they really put their stamp on the idea that the UK women's wrestling stands up alongside anywhere else in the world. And it's not just that they invite the Joshi talent here to pump up their cards it's that their talent can stand alongside those talents and be go be worthy of going in the ring with them 50 50 and standing up to standing up to anyone in the world i love our uk women's wrestling scene i love the fact that it's diverse enough to win to have all these imported talents coming in across from across the world to take part in it it's WrestleQueendom 2 is going to be a huge celebration of that. And uh, I really can't wait. Uh, one last thing before we go. Eve, as you may or may not know, has a certain all-inclusive identity. Um, this is spelled out in their pre-match rituals, such as uh, no body shaming, no... uh uh, no slut-shaming, no homophobia, no racism, any of that kicks you out for life. They allow anyone to be there who wants to be there in the spirit of the show. And one of the perfect things about Eve and their all-inclusive attitude is the fact that they are so synonymous with uh, people who are oh, you know, the basically the LGBT community. As a result, EVE has booked itself a float on the London Pride Parade in early July. Uh, I don't know the exact date, but I'm sure it will be publicised and be made available to all of you. They raised the money for the entry fee. Now they're looking to raise money for the float itself. It's a great promotion opportunity for them. It's a great celebration opportunity for them and there are many uh diverse uh wrestlers they have they have a a very high lesbian uh population in eve (laughs) it may not surprise you but yeah there's um there's a lot of people who are part of eve who feel like the beating heart of eve because of what eve's identity is and what it represents charlie morgan's entire main event push was launched by the fact that she was explicitly coming out as a gay professional wrestler and she wasn't gonna be put in a box about that anymore. She was gonna be open and honest and celebrate that aspect of herself. And Eve doing pride, it's like a it's a thing that should it's a thing that should always have happened. There's no scenario in which this shouldn't be a thing. So if you guys want to help give to EVE and help them raise money to make the most badass float possible, uh, to celebrate their culture, to celebrate their performers, to celebrate so much about what EVE represents in the heart of that community, then please, if you feel feel you're able to, give a little bit of cash, and uh, and help out, and hopefully when it comes around, we're going to get to see something spectacular. I think I've covered everything I was meant to cover. These solo episodes are interesting. Let me know if you want to hear more. Or let me know if you never want to hear my voice again. I'm genuinely open-minded about that sort of thing. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, coming up soon, we're going to have another episode episode with Justin. He's cooking up more incredible projects which I'm sure we're all excited about I certainly am uh, so let's look forward to that and uh, yeah I'll catch you again hopefully next time on a joint show with Justin after Wrestle Uh hopefully we're going to talk about the whole show and uh, hopefully you'll have watched it so you know what we're talking about thanks very much for joining me I'll catch you next time goodbye Oh shit, yeah, um, my Twitter is RabidStavros 77 That's also my Instagram account Um, Yeah, that might come in handy Always do the links, Tom Always do the links Um, Yeah, cool Take it easy